welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this uh, not quite bright, but potentially bright but Saturday dry, morning. But dry. But dry. Yes. Porik, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good you're, morning, you're, listeners. You're a little nasally and uh, little the voice bit. is suffering a small bit. <laughs> I would say, did you have a great St. <laughs> Patrick's Day or is it just uh, the, well, a little, too much little talking, bit of a cold? Too much talking all week. That's the problem. Remember last, uh, was it last Sunday, I did the talk in the National Museum. And since then, I've been doing answering questions and talking to... To, to customers in the garden centre so it's been a very busy week okay a very busy week Excellent. I'm blaming it on that you're anyway. blaming it on that that's your story and <laughs> yeah, you're sticking story, to yeah. it but you so, were yeah so we were talking like you, there was obviously lots going on this coming week and we were just week. talking about the tortoise uh, which has now Terry has the Terry, tortoise the tortoise yeah, yeah I was talk, chatting about him last week as you know we have the Easter farm mm. in Turlock in the garden centre in Turlock and uh, oh, there's donkeys little miniature piglets um, what else did I see down there Terry the, the goat a very friendly goat that actually walks around the garden centre as well um, Terry the tortoise as well who's um, he's 35 kilos you're telling he's me he's 35 kilos in weight he must be at least 2 feet in diameter right. and uh, periodically during the day the guys let him out and he walks around the garden centre and entertains uh, people and he's about 20 years old he's 20 years old they live to nearly 100 years wow that's total. yeah and uh, so it's he's a fantastic um, reptile really huge and uh, very friendly but but you know, it's interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Interesting and okay, different. So the kids love them. Terry the tortoise yeah. uh, on tour around Wilkins at the moment. Lots of selfies and, and yeah. Facebook page. <laughs> post going up so that's in Good. the garden centre in Turlock uh, it's a free event particularly for children for children to come along and uh, we have um, the meerkats of course and um, ducklings and chicks and uh, a few cockerels and all you know farm animals and, and pets and it's it's in the garden centre just off the restaurant there um, and we'll have it for the next 10 days yeah because it's a long children. Easter period really I it mean the, uh, the holidays really have only started for uh, the schools as such so, so I think they have another the good off, two weeks to yeah, go yeah. fantastic break and the weather's promised great yeah. right up till next weekend so so pop down but also it's the time of the year for sowing the seeds yes Deirdre. yeah so we've all we've all been out t- starting to tidy I've started to tidy a small bit not indeed that I have a huge uh, space to tidy but uh, yeah the weather really has been lending mm-hmm. itself to that so we're talking today about I suppose the important jobs for this weekend and St. Patrick's weekend always important in terms of potatoes it is it's always uh, people ask me when's the right time to plant potatoes and, and look there's never any one particular time you do it when the soil conditions are right and they're absolutely perfect at the moment but always St. Patrick's weekend the 17th of March through to kind of mid-April is potato planting season so for listeners that have been chitting their potatoes or sprouting their potatoes or those that just want to get a few potatoes and plant them now it can be in raised beds it can be in pots containers it can be in potato bags anything at all that will hold compost will grow potatoes and I always think it's a great way to get the children involved we say that children that garden or that plant or will eat the produce so if mm. children plant vegetables they're more inclined to eat those vegetables and particularly new potatoes those potatoes that you don't have to peel the lovely thin skin in in, in late June early July varieties like Colleen and Duke of York and Red Duke of York are all really good Sharps Express they're all really tasty potatoes that if planted now would be ready to pick in the late part of June, early July. Yeah. And you can simply just plant them up in a, in a, pot, in a potato bag or in an old um, timber container or a plastic pot. Anything that will hold maybe 15 to 20 litres of compost will grow potatoes in it. Or indeed you can plant them out into the garden soil. So it's always at this time of year in uh, mid-March, St. Patrick's uh, weekend in particular, but also when the weather conditions 
are, are as dry as they are at the moment and the soil is warming up. And even though we have frost at night time, that won't damage the potatoes because they're planted at least a foot deep into the soil. So they're not going to be penetrating through the soil until May. So there's no risk of frost damage. Okay. So my advice really is to get out there, get the potatoes planted if you can. The weather's promised dry for the next six days. So it's really good planting conditions. So whether it be in a, in a potato pot or container or whether it's out in raised beds of the garden soil I would encourage people to get them out now and um, varieties like British Queen that's the lovely Wexford potato you'd see it on sale on, on the side of the road it's the lovely flowery potato that Irish particularly love. Uh, Irish people love mm. yeah um, but also Irish varieties like Satant which I've talked about before Ola Colleen Sharps Express Red Duke of York and um, Picasso um, all of those really popular varieties can go in now both the early varieties secondaries and main crop can be planted over the next couple of days so you don't have to wait you can actually get them into the ground for listeners that have possibly heavy soil particularly where slugs are abundant look for the variety I mentioned it before a variety called kestrel uh, think of the bird of prey the kestrel mm-hmm. and that's a particularly um, slug resistant variety um, it's a main crop variety really good uh, cropper, heavy cropper uh, and a really nice potato to eat as well Golden Wonders, Curse Pinks all of those are available to plant now so really I'm encouraging people to get their potatoes if you've sprouted them, get them out into the garden soil now, if you haven't purchased them yet well now is the time to get them, there's plenty of varieties available, leave it two weeks and, and your range of or your choice will certainly be diminished so get them into the okay, garden, so get them now and get them into the soil if you can um, before the weather breaks next weekend when you're planting them, it's important to put down some... Potatoes are hungry feeders, so if you've got organic matter, farm mm-hmm. manure or mushroom compost or stable manure or, or compost that you've gathered yourself and, and made from household, household waste, waste yeah. perfect for adding into the potatoes. You simply dig a, dig a trench, line it with the manure, stick the potatoes into that and backfill with soil. If you haven't got organic matter, you can use a granulated fertiliser. Something like Grow More or Pro 6 would be ideal because they are hungry feeders, they do need plenty of nutrition and you feed now as when planting but you also feed about 6 weeks later and after that there's plenty of blight resistant varieties for listeners that might want to grow them organically and without the need to spray you've got varieties again Orla and Colleen are both blight resistant as early varieties Blue Danube is the purple potato I talked about um, a couple of weeks back it's got purple skin the colour of Barney and a lovely white flesh. It's a really flowery potato. Okay. Yeah, as in Barney the dinosaur, <laughs> that kind of purple, purple skin. A really unusual variety, fantastic flavour, um, great cropper. It's a main crop variety and it's like the British Queen. It's got that lovely flowery texture, but a red skin, white flesh and extremely uh, blight resistant. So that's something different. Satanta, I mentioned before. And we've also got the... Um, the Sapro Mira and Sapra Exona, which are Turkish varieties that are sorry, Hungarian varieties that were bred in Hungary for blight resistance. They were probably the first blight resistant potatoes that came out maybe five or six years ago. Right. They're still very popular. Um, the Sapra Mira and Sapra Exona. Again, they have high degrees of blight resistance. But for me, Satanta, Orla Colleen, the Blue Danube would also give you a very good mix of early and main crop varieties and they're um particularly for the Irish palate, yeah. they're uh, balls of flour. And I suppose as well, it's it's lovely, like, if you are going to go and sow potatoes, if you, like, to have a little bit of a mix and that you'll be able to taste the different exactly. varieties yourself. Because normally we don't maybe get 
that luxury. I mean, there is a particular range that one buys in the supermarket. Quite limited. Yeah, but this is really expand. I mean, they're obviously grown for commercial purposes, but this expands it out and you could get to compare and contrast yourself. And isn't that just a wonderful thing to be able to do? Because there is definitely a different flavour. from the. There's another lovely variety called Pink Apple Fur, which grows, it's a very uh, long... kind of uh, long tuber potato very similar to a parsnip in shape mm. um, but that's fantastic for salads it's a lovely salad potato or for roasting so it's, it's a little a, more waxy than yeah the, and it's got a nutty type of oh. flavour to it as well it's a real old variety but again a very popular variety and what's variety. it called again? it's called pink apple fur Pink apple Pink fur. Pink apple fur, yeah. Right. Usual name. It is. You won't see that to buy in the shops. Yeah. Nor will you see Blue Danube or Satanta or Sharps Express. Very few of those varieties you'll get in your greengrocer. So it's nice to grow. Rather than growing the, the cursed pinks and yeah. the regular ones that you'll always get or roosters, yeah. go for something different. Exactly. And you know, you're <clears> not going to be, they won't last you all year long. So you will be using, obviously, the more commercial ones more often than not. So when you do exactly. have the opportunity, it is yeah. nice to maybe expose I, I had a couple different. in yesterday, actually, from Wicklow. They were down on holidays and they had their children with them young couple and again they just wanted to, to grow a couple of potatoes mm. for the fun of it and yeah. really to get the children involved so we picked out a couple of containers so they're going to grow the spuds in kind of troughs this year with ordinary garden compost a bit of uh, fertiliser to mix yeah. through I think they went off with Red, Red Duke of York but for them it's going to be just the fun of growing them so you don't need the, the drills of potatoes yeah. you can actually grow them in raised beds nice. and containers as well as growing them in the garden soil and really I suppose it's encouraging the children to get involved in growing them as well. It's always the time for sowing seed, dear Jim, particularly with the temperatures we've got at the moment, the 8 to 12 degrees. Lots of seeds can be sown directly out mm-hmm. of doors. So many of the vegetable plants like cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, um, most vegetables, peas and beans can all be sown out of doors now. The only thing I wouldn't sow is carrots. It's still too early for carrots. The temperatures aren't warm enough um, and carrots need a kind of very consistent temperature to germinate well so leave those for, for until possibly mid to late April often into early May but for most of the other ve- vegetables you can sow directly out of doors from seed now you can also plant the plants so the plants are available and the seed are available for getting out into the garden soil right. and again with a slight touch of frost at night time that's not going to damage mm. both the plants or the seedlings so there's no problem sowing them out of doors indoors you've got seeds like the wheat grass remember I featured this which last year which we did year. talk about and that's uh, something it's uh, something that has kind of come on in terms of popularity uh, an it, awful lot in recent years because of obviously it, its health uh, elements if you like it is it's yeah. it's, um, it's one of these um, I suppose superfoods they call them now <laughs> but it's, you kind of have to lose uh, that term a little tentatively yeah, but very easy to better for you grass. than sweets let's put it like that absolutely it's it's um, one of the plants that's, that has all the elements all the um, vitamins, so vitamin A, B, all the various mm. forms of vitamin B, C and so on, they say that in wheatgrass there's more vitamin C than in oranges, believe it or not. But it's also high in chlorophyll and chlorophyll is important in the bloodstream to, to it increases red blood cells which brings Carries oxygen. Carries oxygen, I think, exactly. yes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also great anti toxin. So wheatgrass, particularly if it's it's grown, all you need to do is get a small packet, there's about 400 seed in the pack, sow them indoors on a seed train yeah. in compost. Within a couple of weeks it'll be four to five inches high. You literally just cut it like grass with a scissors, juice it 
and take and take the extracts from the juice. So it's a really simple plant to to grow. You often see it in the juice bars or um, as a health food. And it's quite expensive to buy if one is buying it as as the complete as the product. Uh, you know, not from the finished CW, product. The finished yeah, product. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. a packet of seed will cost you two forty nine right, okay. for four hundred seeds. <laughs> so it's very simple. While, yeah. And if you sow them now, it'll be ready for cutting within six to eight weeks. Um, so it's again, it's something to. I would sow that indoors. And other seeds to sow indoors would be things like tomatoes, chilies, peppers, uh, cucumbers, any of the kind of softer, more frost tender plants. Sow them indoors now. And all your bedding plants, things like the flower seeds, you know, the geraniums and begonias or uh, marigolds and so on, use the heat indoors at the moment. Another plant that I featured, and it's it's important for bees in particular, and it's one of the favourite yeah. plants of mine, is a plant called Phacelia, which... If you sow it now, it's actually sold as a green manure. So it, not only is it beneficial for insects, particularly honeybees, uh, because the flowers are full of nectar and pollen. If you sow it now, it'll come into flower around the end of May and flower through to the end of the season. It's one of these plants that actually germinates at very low temperatures. So you can sow it really early in February okay. or early March. But even now, at this time of year, um, it's perfect sowing conditions for phacelia. So it's a little blue flowering plant. It's actually a very dainty plant. When I was going to say, it's a decorative well yes, like, it, yeah. only, it only grows about um, 15 inches to 18 inches in height. It flowers for a very long period. But also if you dig it back into your soil, mm. it acts as a manure. So it's one of these green manures like clover or um, there's lots of other ones that you can actually dig back into the right. soil. So phacelia is, is sold in your garden centre as a green manure but it's an excellent pollinator and it's a great way to encourage bees into your garden. So for listeners that might have fruit fruiting plants in the garden where you want to encourage bees in, Facelia is a great plant for attracting bees into the garden and it can be sown directly into the garden soil now. So that's something that can be done. Great. Again, I suppose with the dry weather, um, you know, I mentioned the planting of vegetables, herbs as well. We're coming into that time of year. The, the roast lamb will be going on the Sunday week. <laughs> and, um, you know, a good time to plant rosemary, thyme, all the popular herbs. Can be sown from seed if you wish, but also from plants. The plants are available now. Yeah. So the Corsican mince, the um, bay leaf, the rosemary, thymes, oregano, all the popular herbs. They're all frost hardy. You can plant them out of doors. You can put them in window boxes and containers if you wish and um, just get them planted up. And generally, if you buy rosemary, even now, you're able to use it straight away. Yeah, the plants yeah. are kind of strong and mm. fairly robust. You can you can use them from the get-go. Or you can sow seed as well. And again, sow the seed indoors, particularly things like basil. There's a lovely variety called Crimson King, which has got purple, lovely purple foliage. It's right. a purple-leafed basil. Um, quite a nice plant. If sown from seed indoors and grow it on in the windowsill, indoors is, is really, um, would be my advice with it. The other area to consider would be tomato plants. So for listeners that have tunnels, greenhouses, the plants are available at the moment. Um, so I was just looking at them yesterday and this, they sweep aperitif, which I mentioned last summer and people mm -hmm. got a great um, reaction to and a great response to. It's a really sweet variety, sweet aperitif. Um, it's a small kind of medium-sized fruit fantastic flavour really really strong so great high. for salads and stuff yeah, like that yeah it's a very sweet something a little mm. bit sweet sweet and you can eat it straight from the from the plant and great for kids as well it's actually full of uh, natural sugars okay the healthy sugars, <laughs> the healthy sugars. but it's a very sweet variety the taxable kind yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but all the tomato plants the tumblers the money makers um, Elsa Cry Shirley all the popular varieties they're available um, as plants now so if you want to get them into your tunnel or okay. greenhouse you can start planting them now
Right. It's a little bit spoiled for choice there with there's all of that. Do, but there's plenty to do, Yes, there plenty are. Plenty to do. The other uh, thing I, I would suggest is with the dry weather for the next six mm-hmm. days, if you've got any spraying to do, so if there are bits of weeds that you want to get rid of or, say, moss on the lawn or moss yeah. on... Thing. Use the, the the dry weather the, the next six days to do any kind of spraying that okay. needs to be done. Um, it's perfect conditions at the moment. Great stuff. Okay. A couple of, well, a couple of questions in on emails and loads of questions in on text. Let's go to the emails first of all. Um, Hi, Porig. I have great success composting all my garden and uncooked waste, but with pay by weight coming in soon, I'd love to compost the food waste from the house also. I guess they mean cooked food. How do they do that? Is it possible? To well, you better not to, yeah. to compost cooked food. I mean, generally with, with uh, kitchen waste, all the trimmings, so all your, you know, the waste leaves of cabbages and uh, peelings of of potatoes and all of that can be composted. Mm. Um, now, what you if you you know some of the some of the the green cooked food, so things like potatoes or or cabbages or the kind of vegetable side of it, you could simply dig into the soil. You could open a trench, put it into the soil, and backfill the soil. Right. The danger with cooked food is that you attract vermin, vermin, yeah, yeah, to it, and you know that really you know certainly on the meat side. Well, of the meat it, side particularly, that, that yeah, yeah, it's not advisable. I think into as a wastage, general, yeah, 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 yeah. So all all compostable material any of the kind of peelings from from uh, fruit, vegetables, they can be certainly composted, no problem whatsoever. And it's a great time to start composting the garden. And the, really when you're composting, it's to go for a mixture. Grass clippings, you know, bits of light prunings, light weeds if they're not se- producing seed and veg and kind of kitchen waste. Mm. Even shredded newspapers will all decompose. It's really to go for a mixture of different materials. Eggshells, can't you Eggshells, it, yeah. tea bags, mm. coffee grains, um, anything like that that will compost down. So, and, and to add an activator so you can get a simple activator which increases the amount of bacteria that work on breaking down the compost. So you couple a sprinkle of that on every six inch layer of compostable material will break it down faster. But if you start making compost now, you'll have super compost by late summer, early autumn. Yeah. And you can compost 12 months of the year all year round, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is great if you are a gardener, uh, not from personal experience, but in our household, uh, we do it and uh, it is used all the year round and there's nothing like it. But it's also a great way of getting rid of, of your refuse, mm. of your... Yeah. Yes, and exactly as that, that listener points out, uh, you know, you're not paying then to have right. uh, the refuse removed from, from the household. Now, can we ask Porek, what's the best treatment for the box trees, especially for the ones turning mm. yellow? I have very big box trees in pots with not enough room to even add fresh soil and would have to break the pots in order to replant them and feel they need some type of feed. Ask well, Jerry. Yeah, well, I would suggest, Jerry, if possible, either move them into larger containers or plant them into the garden soil. They sound like they've outgrown the containers that they're in at the moment. And boxwood, even though they're very slow growing, will do that mm. over a period, certainly over five to ten years, they can outgrow the containers they're in. So maybe consider planting them out into the garden soil. The other thing that top our boxes are suffering from is um, box blight, which is a yellowing of the foliage. Um, it's a disease of the, fo- the actual foliage and you can correct that by spraying them with a, with a treatment called top box. So it's a, a liquid feed with a fungicide. Mm. You put it onto the foliage and the roots of the plant and um, that greens them up and corrects any any of the uh, the box blight okay. disease as well, but if they're if they're if the roots are penetrating through the soil or through the um, container and and it's a mass of roots, then my advice would really be to move them, and you can do them at this time of year. Simply take them out of the containers and transplant them into somewhere else right. in the garden. Okay, and shape them. You, know, you can shape trim them, them and shape them. Yeah, okay. and maybe put two new box plants back into the containers again. Okay, start them off again. 
Now, a listener sowed new lawn last autumn, gave it its first cut. There's a few right. patches in it. Doesn't look as green as mm. they'd like it to look. Okay. <laughs> Does it need more lawn seed or feed? Well, I would feed it first of all. And many lawns are showing yellowing, even established lawns, yeah. just with the high level of rainfall. So put on your Osmo lawn uh, fertiliser now. That'll green it up within 10 days. It won't force the grass. It'll give a nice green colour without pushing on the growth. If there are any bare patches, say, larger than a saucer, you could reseed those as well. So put on the Osmo first of all, give that a chance to work its way in about uh, six to seven days and uh, then put on some uh, either patch magic or you can mix some lawn seed with some compost and literally just brush it into the area and that'll germinate and knit in those bare patches. So feed and reseed. As appropriate. Yeah. Now, Anne-Marie has a question regarding the planting of the large white lilies. I guess that's the arm lilies, lilies, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's wondering how does she go about that? She's presuming they're from bulbs, but we're not entirely sure. Well, they're grown from bulbs, but you can also get them from plants. So again, pop into your local garden centre. The botanical name is a plant called Zandicia or arum lilies. Now, they come in both the white form. Mm -hmm. They also come in lovely yellow shades, in pinks. Um, and nearly kind of purple colour as well, really dark purple colour. Oh, right, because I so suppose the white ones are the most common ones, perhaps. The white ones are, are the, are the produce are the, the really popular. big flowers, yeah, mm. Sandicia, um, the arum lily, big, beautiful trumpet shaped flowers, um, very easy to grow, love a kind of a damp area. Um, so they'll actually grow on the edge of ponds uh, they grow in heavy soil they grow anywhere really in tubs and containers so you can buy them as plants which will flower this year or bulbs which will flower the following year but also look for some of the other varieties which are you know yellows, pinks uh, some have nice speckled leaves as well there's a whole range of different varieties available but they'll be available in your local garden centre now as both as bulbs and as plants and they're perennial so once you put them into the garden soil they come back year after year Lovely. Um, just wondering about my tomato seeds. I planted them in a tunnel nearly two weeks ago. There's no sign that's coming up yet. Yeah, they're better. You're better to move them into the into the house somewhere. The, the tunnel, even though with the, the warmer temperatures, it's still a tad cold for trying to get the seeds of tomatoes to germinate. So my advice really is to take the seed trays, cover them with cling film, so that saves you having to water the actual compost. Cover them with cling film, sit them on a warm windowsill indoors. Right preferably above a little radiator or somewhere even a nice bit of heat going on. So a sitting room, kitchen area on a bright windowsill, they'll germinate in two weeks in that location. And then when they're about six or eight inches high, that's the time to plant them out into the tunnel. Now for listeners that have tomatoes or young seedlings, watch the frost at night time, cover them with garden fleece mm. or put on a little bit of heat just to keep the frost off them because it will damage them as well. So I would bring them back indoors, germinate them inside and, and then, then plant, plant them out. out in about three weeks time. Now, a listener purchased some sweet pea seed. Great. Do we sow it inside or outside and what type of soil do we need? Sow inside, um, get some seed and potting compost, just regular compost. Soak the seeds overnight. So take the seeds, put them into a glass of water and they'll absorb the water over a 12-hour period. Just sieve off the water and then sow the seed directly into moist compost. Again, put the cling film over the top of them, place them on a bright windowsill and again, sweet pea will germinate again within 10 days, 14 days sort of period to germinate quite rapidly. It's also the time for planting sweet pea and the everlasting sweet pea, you know, the, the variety yes. that comes back year after year, that's available in garden centres at the moment, both in the white and the lovely pink, pink form. Yeah. They're about, uh, they must be a foot high at the moment. Yeah, and, they're, and they are fantastic growers and I know mm. that my mum has, my mum has had some for the last couple of years today. and she absolutely loves it and it was in an area where, um, a, one of the climbing plants I can't remember, quite remember now which one pa passed away courtesy of all that bad weather four or five years okay. ago and this has now taken over and it just 
flourish. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's and the fact that it yeah. comes back year after year is mm. great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they can be planted this time of year, but also the seed of sweet pea, um, the annual sweet pea can be sown now indoors though. Now, lifting uh, last year's beetroot. Uh, okay. okay, that's interesting. Yeah, how, how do we how, how do we do that, and how do we store it? Asks Noel. <clears throat> well, you can just simply just lift it now. Um, the the when you're taking off the greens on the top of beetroot, you don't cut them because they'll actually bleed. So you twist off any foliage that's left at the top. Right. So any greens that are on the top of the beetroot, so lift them with a fork, t- shake off as much soil as possible, wash off the soil as well. So put them under a, a tap and just wash the the actual. Um, the beet. Be beet and then just twist off the foliage if there's any foliage on top and they can be stored in damp sand or damp peat a little bit of peat uh-huh. uh, moss peat or sand we'll store them for certainly another two months Oh, right. So these are mature these are yeah, obviously mature, sown last summer right. they were left in the ground all winter long because the winter was so mild there was no need to lift them. Same with parsnips this year. They could have been left in the ground. Even carrots could have been left in the ground yeah. all winter okay. because it was so mild. But lift them now, twist off the any green foliage, wash them clean and put them into a bit of damp sand or something that'll just keep them cool and, and damp. And damp. And, and, and that, dark. And, and dark. And they'll be perfectly fine. Now, hi there. Wondering, is it a little early to plant out lettuce, spinach and cabbage plants and what fertiliser should I use? Right, well, the fertiliser, use something like Growmore or Pro 6, just add it into the soil before planting and no, lettuce, spinach, peas and beans can all be planted out of doors as plants. Just watch the slugs, that's the only thing okay, I'd be keeping yeah, an eye yeah, on, yeah, yeah, particularly yeah. at night time. Um, when the plants are small, they're very vulnerable. Um, so put on some organic pellet, pellets or some of the, the traditional pellets or the slug clear liquid, one of those, just to prevent any slug or snail damage but in terms of planting them out there's no problem whatsoever perfect okay. conditions off, for putting them out off you go uh, we have a flu, few clematis growing against a shed wall but they're getting very bushy can they okay. be cut back depends on the variety well the answer is yes but it depends on the um, variety so if they're the spring flowering clematis which come into flower in April and early May the Montana's varieties like Elizabeth or Alba um, so spring flowering varieties they're going to come into bloom soon so if you prune them you're going to lose the flowers from right. those plants if they're the summer flowering varieties like and the president or Jack Manii, then you prune, they can be pruned back now. They can be tipped back and, and pruned back and tidied up because they're not going to flower until July or August of this year. So depending on which variety is, if it's spring flowering varieties like Montana, mm-hmm. once they go out of flower in mid-May, that's the time to prune them back and you can prune them quite severely after flowering. If they're the summer varieties, by all means, you can cut them back now, give them a good feed and they'll come into flower then at the end of June, early July. Now, uh, last week we talked a bit about planting trees and somebody Indeed. has just a kind of a follow-on question from that, uh, particularly regarding about the planting of trees at the same level uh, that you buy them where in the pot. Yeah. So they realise now that they've been planting their trees too low in the ground. Okay. They're wondering, is it too late to correct this? And if not, how do they do it? Also, some were bare root and some were potted and they really enjoy the show. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and it's very, it's a very common um, problem with trees. Where, where you see trees kind of stagnating and not not developing well and just sitting there, it's often where they've gone down maybe six or eight inches too yeah. deep. So, you know, listeners will often plant them that little bit deep, thinking they're anchoring the plant and, and doing it a favour. But because the plant is six or eight inches too deep, it doesn't get any oxygen to the soil. So to answer the question, yes, dig up the trees now, lift them up so they're six or eight inches higher, and uh, they'll be perfectly fine. They'll actually start to thrive. So do it now before they start to come into leaf. They're beginning to break bud, so I would do it this weekend if possible. So simply just dig them back up again, add a bit of compost, a little bit of fertiliser to the soil, and make sure that they're 
replant it at the original level the, the original nursery level um, on, on the stem so raise them back up four or five inches and they'll be fine stake them well secure them well give them a bit of feed as well a bit of uh, pro six or one of the tree and shrub feed and they'll be perfectly Perfect. fine Is it important when you have camellias in pots to change the compost every four months even though they're being fed and what is the best food for hydrangeas asks Mary from Portleash or Portleash I never know quick, I never not quite know which one it is Portleash okay well camellias you don't have to change the compost every four months that's um, very very uh, you know there's yeah. no need to do that first of all camellias like to grow in uh, lime free soil so they do need an ericaceous soil that's important um, but generally speaking you know it depends on the size of the pot of course but you'd repot them every two years maybe every three years at most it is important to feed them well and you can give them a feed at this time of year a liquid feed of ericaceous fertiliser so that's a specific feed for camellias rhododendrons azaleas um, you mix it in water you pour it onto the plant particularly if they're in tubs or containers or it comes in a granulate form that you can put simply on the top the other key time the other key thing at this time of year is to water them well they're in flower at the moment they need copious amounts of water um, so keep them very well watered the other key thing with camellias is to feed them after flowering so they'll finish flowering about the end of May and that's the time to feed them during the summer period because again you're building them up for the following year they'll produce their buds by September October so don't be um, there's no need to, to replace the compost as, as often as you're doing certainly every two years should be quite adequate in terms of the hydrangeas anything flowering anything like roses or hydrangeas where you want big blousy flowers use a high potash fertiliser something like um, colour boost would be very good okay. or a rose a traditional rose fertiliser would be ideal as well and get that on now it's also the time of year with hydrangeas to prune them back and to put on the hydrangea colourant if you want to change the colour Great. Um, good morning to this listener. They planted, uh, they always plant onions from sets, but inspired by your friend from Isle Needy, <laughs> they sowed the seeds of Bedfordshire uh, yes. Champion in the greenhouse in January, and now they have 70 plants in individual pots. Great. Should I proceed from here? How should I proceed from here to get large onions by late summer? Well, if you remember last year, do you remember I brought some onions yes. into the studio and, and a good friend of mine, Benny Gibbons in Island 80, a great gardener, a great uh, man for growing potatoes, he grows the most fantastic onions. They're absolutely huge. They're, they're nearly the size of a dinner plate. Bed for Shire Champion. Bed for um, always a, a tongue twister that one but uh, so he sows them for seed in January so the listener has done exactly followed the instructions perfectly now the plants are probably six or eight, inch, eight inches high mm. it's time for planting them out of doors so you cultivate the soil Un onions are hungry feeders so they need actually a good bit of fertiliser because of all those layers, layers that they produce yeah. um, and it's often thing that people um, you know take for granted that onions will just grow in any type of soil so put in some a good granulated fertiliser so I would use something like Grow More or Pro six added to the soil um, before planting the onion plants dig the cultivate the soil add in the fertilizer and they're ready to go you can plant the um, young plants now out of doors space them about uh, a foot apart and um, that's really it they'll they'll grow during the summer months and they produce fantastic onions really large size onions you also find with the seed sown onions they tend not to run to seed they don't bolt Right. Right. So, because when you're planting a set, what you're actually planting, the small little set, is a half-grown onion. It's been sown from seed last summer. It's been stopped growing. It's been harvested young. So it's kind of like a, a young embryo uh, onion, yeah. as it were. But often they, they go to seed. If the, if the weather gets very dry, very wet, or it gets cold or whatever, they often just bowl to seed. Whereas onion seeds, or onion plants grown from seed, 
tend not to run to, to seed, yeah, right. they don't bolt. Um, so the listeners done exactly, they follow the, the advice That's we gave them last uh, autumn and really it's time for planting them out of doors. Just enrich the soil really with some fertiliser and start planting them out. The soil conditions are perfect for doing them. Great stuff and 70 plants 70 in individual plants, pots. So. I have a wonderful uh, visual image in yeah. my head And they that. store brilliantly. The Bedfordshire Champion is a really good storing variety um, So a really, and a great flavoured uh, onion as well so it's a really good all-rounder Excellent. you can still sow it from seed now even e- even if e- you yeah okay. you can sow them no problem whatsoever mm-hmm. sow them indoors and then transplant them out about uh, five six weeks later okay now we have a couple of questions today obviously in relation to potatoes because it is that time of the year so Koch asks when can I start sowing outdoors in my raised beds I've spun sprouting in containers in drawers under the sink in old wardrobes in a shed <laughs> so pretty much everywhere is it too soon to take them out of hiding Oh, look at this. This is the weekend, as I said. Uh, now is the time to start planting them out. What Coach did was obviously get them sprouted, got the little buds uh, initiated, and that, that's a good idea. So, look, at it's time to plant them out. Raised bed is a perfect area to the grow. Just add in some fertilizer before you plant and literally start planting them. Uh, put them a good, you know, eight to ten inches underneath the soil. Mm-hmm. And um, that's it. You and know, they're, you they're ready to go. Yeah. You can free up all the space again. Exactly, get your drawer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, also staying mm. with potatoes. So, um, Martin had a difficulty with potatoes last year. There was grubs that put holes in the potatoes. Uh, wondering what it might have been and how do we stop it? Well, there's two things that generally attack potatoes. Wireworm is is one, which um, is a small maggot that bores into the the wall of the potato, particularly on main crop varieties like cursed pinks and roosters and records. Um, and to prevent that, you can use the super nemos in May. So it's too early yet. Go ahead and plant your plants. And if your soil is um, affected by wireworm, then you can use the the super nemos. So they're available in May. You simply mix them in a washing can, apply them to the the, the soil around the potato, and that that eliminates the the um, wireworm. The other thing that can damage them is slugs, and there is a black slug that feeds on potato. And I mentioned the variety Kestrel. If you're if you suffer from slugs in the soil yeah. on main crop varieties, go for that variety Kestrel. It's very effective. It's a resistant slug resistant variety. Also, Joe is wondering, why is the potato seed so small? Will they grow to normal-sized potatoes? Of course, of course, they're seed at the end of the day. Ideally, seed potatoes should be about the size of a hen's egg. Okay. So that's the <laughs> ideal size, and they're generally graded. So, and remember, when you actually plant the, the actual seed, that seed rots eventually. That's that's the actual store storage um, unit that produces the new buds. And from that small little side potatoes are produced from that so the original seed always dies away it rots into the soil and it produces young tubers at the sides of it so hen's egg should be the perfect size a little bit smaller a little bit larger is perfect for for, um, seed potatoes Okay Uh, now a couple of questions regarding uh, weeds and vegetable plots so we have a vegetable garden that got run over with buttercups they sprayed Roundup last week is this enough because they did that last year and buttercups grew back Yeah Roundup is fine It'll, it'll work on buttercups Roundup is is um, systemic. It enters into the system of the plant, goes down into the root and kills the buttercup off. Now, when the Roundup touches the soil, it becomes inactive. So any buttercup seedlings that may mm. germinate over the next couple of weeks obviously won't be affected by the Roundup. So yeah. it'll only kill what it touches. So it's perfectly fine to use on um, on buttercups and general weeds. Okay. It's actually quite good to use on vegetable gardens because this, it becomes inactive once it touches the soil. And particularly from now on, as the weeds are beginning to grow, you'll find it very effective. 
great. And a vegetable plot prepared. Should they, this, uh, Liam is wondering, should he spray for weeds first? Um, and also he moved rhubarb a few months ago, but there's no sign of them to grow. Has he dug the soil? Do you see? He didn't say no. he's prepared it. Whatever. He's prepared, yeah, right. Well, if, he, if he's dug the soil, if, if the weeds are, are visible, if there's green leaves, uh, you know, young shoots, then yes, I would I would treat it first with something like Weed Free 360, which is a very effective, in, again, in vegetable gardens, because again, it doesn't contaminate the soil. If he has dug, dug the ground and cultivated and the weeds are buried, mm. there's no point in spraying the bare soil because the weeds have to be present. The green foliage has to be there for the weed killer to be effective. Okay. So I'd go ahead and just dig it and or, or put in the fertiliser right. and start planting and deal with the weeds afterwards. Okay. Uh, now, here's an interesting question. A listener is looking for the name of a red flowering, old-fashioned peony rose. They had them at Easter in the garden as a child and she'd like to plant some. Would you have any suggestions well, names? Two good varieties would mm. be um, the, probably the most popular peony rose, which is, is kind of, a, I suppose it's a rich, it's a cerise pink or bordering on red, is one called Carl Rosenfield, which is a, an old variety. It's actually a very ver- reliable variety for flowering on poor soil um, because peonies can be shy to flower, for, certainly for a couple of years until they'll s- settle down. So that's one called Carl Rosenfield. Another nice deep red is one called Plena Red, P-L-E-N-N-A Red, R-E-D. Um, both of those can be planted now. It's a great time for actually planting peony roses. They do take a couple of years to yeah, come into flower to settle gorgeous. down. Fantastic, yeah, beautiful flowers in, in May and it's a really that real old cottage garden plant and indeed it's the time of year for planting cottage garden plants things like lupins and delphiniums and all those lovely cottage garden plants can be planted now and they'll flower this summer now I'd like to plant an, an evergreen hedge as a screen okay. I would like a plant that will give good colour not just plain green leaves what are my options and when should I plant good colour well if you go for something that has variegated foliage mm. so I'm thinking of there's a lovely variety of Iliagnus um, a variegated form of Iliagnus which has butter yellow foliage and a green centre so it's like a variegated holly yep. um, really nice plant very tough it makes a hedge up to about 6 feet 5-6 feet very easy trim so that's one particularly nice plant variegated iliagnus um, variegated holly makes a super hedge variegated grisolinia is also nice Fortini red robin which has yep, red foliage um, yeah. great colour you could also go for something flowering like flowering red currant or yellow flowering forsythii which will be coming into flower very shortly or berberus darwinii which is a flowering hedge lovely orange flowers dark green foliage brilliant orange flowers nice blackberries in the winter so look at pop into your local garden centre. It's a great time for planting hedges and uh, you can you, you know, could, get away from the, the laurels and the, the common green stuff. There's lots of other, other options interesting well. plants that can be used for hedging. Now, what are the best fertilisers for vegetables instead of farmyard manure? And can uh, we plant a main crop potatoes now, asks Tom. You can. Absolutely. All the main crop varieties like Satanta and Curse Pink and Record Secondary all planted now along with the earlies if you wish. Um, granulated fertiliser, again, if, if you're planting a lot of potatoes, Pro 6 would be very good. It comes in a big bag. It covers quite a big area. Um, you could use Grow More granulated fertiliser or there's another excellent fertiliser called Vitex Q4. Okay. So there's plenty of granulated feeds available as well. You can actually buy 
believe it or not, farm of manure and bags. Can you? Yeah, small bag. If you're doing a small area, but look at there's plenty of granulated feeds as well. Right. Um, and uh, probably the Osmos Pro Six if you're doing a lot of planting, a lot, a lot of general planting where you're using potatoes and cabbage and you want to fertilise it to cover them all. That's quite a good one. A general purpose one. General purpose. And now is the time to add. Add it when you're planting the actual potatoes and then repeat about five weeks later. Feed them a second Give time. Give them another, yeah. an extra shot. Give them an extra boost. Um, now, a listener is sick of buying alfalfa sprouts okay. in their local supermarket. I guess this question probably is kind of on foot of um, talking about the, the wheatgrass. Wheat yeah. So uh, they're wondering, uh, can you grow these and uh, might you explain how that how to grow them? Okay, well, alfalfa are the, the, the sprouting seeds. Um, what you're actually eating are, are the actual seedlings of the plant. They're lovely in salads and sandwiches. Again, they're high in nutrition, high in protein. Um, and there's a whole range of, of um, sprouting seeds yeah. avail- available, like uh, sprouting broccoli and big range. Um, chickpeas, which are, are lovely Ooh, in salads yeah, as well. Yeah. Very easy. And they're all very simple to sow. So what you do is you pop into your local garden centre, they'll have a range of sprouting seeds available, including alfalfa. Um, all they need is moisture and heat to germinate. So the easiest way to do them is to get the, a jam jar, right? Mm-hmm. Put in the seeds, fill mm-hmm. the whole thing, uh, uh, the jam jar with the alfalfa packet of seed, put water in and let them soak for about an hour and then strain off the water right. and seal the top of the um, container. Two days later, do exactly the same thing. More Put water. Water in, rinse it off, and again, sit them on the windowsill. And they'll germinate within five days, okay. four to five days. Sit them on a, on a bright windowsill. The idea of rinsing the seed is you're, you're adding moisture, you're keeping high humidity around the seed, and that's all it needs. It needs moisture and it needs temperature to germinate. And when the sprouts are about half an inch long, that's the time to munch them. Okay, them. so they don't need uh, soil at all? No, no. Oh, that's the beauty of that's them. That's terribly easy. Isn't it? Yeah. So all they need is moisture. Do you not do this as a kid when you were in, in biology class, but sow a few seeds? No, on I dissected frogs and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> well, no. I don't remember doing uh, seeds like that. Well, definitely not seeds that didn't involve uh, soil. No, and you see, all, all any seed needs is moisture and... and um, and temperature, and particularly with the with the sprouting seeds like alfalfa or chickpeas or broccoli or whatever, you're literally eating the the, the germinated it's seedling. Seed. It's packed with protein. It's packed with energy at that time. Um, so it's and they're lovely in salad sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Eat them raw. Um, so all the literally so a jam jar. Keep them in water for about an hour, on, on, on oh, yeah. for the first go, and then each day or every second day just rinse them in water just literally rinse them in water and then when they germinate you see you've no soil on them so you can eat, eat them away. there's no washing there's no well I'm in awe could I make it any yeah. easier <laughs> no you couldn't that's great <laughs> I'm going to try that now there's a wide range of seeds available for what they call sprouting seeds sprouting I was seeds. actually wa- watching uh, Never Maguire the last day um, and he was using micro vegetables which effectively are the kind same, of the same similar thing, thing yeah. similar thing they're, they're kind of just pre-germinated they're packed with flavour, uh, packed with, with energy and they're so simple to grow. Yeah. And again, great for kids to do because you can see them growing, literally yes. growing in the jam I, jar. I, I, I have to get try that it because it is expensive. They are very week. expensive to buy for the little things. Uh, for them, the little yeah. sprouting, yeah. yeah. they and, are, yeah. And, 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 and there's nothing like growing them yourself, no. fresh, you know. So they're available, really simple to do. 
all you need is a bright window and a jam jar and away you go Okay, one or two more quick ones before we start to wrap up uh, Porrick sorry now time is against us we've got slugs and snails on the patio uh, on patio pots at night time this household has dogs cats and children (laughs) so they're looking for something safe to use please Right, well I would suggest um, if they're in pots you can actually get a copper tape that that goes around the tape I've seen that I was wondering how effective it was It it works very well because copper um, if slugs come in contact with copper copper wire or Mm. copper tape it gives them a shock so they won't cross it they won't physically cross the barrier so it's like barrier. a little mini uh, electric fence for slugs that's exactly slugs. what it is and you put it around the rim of the pot and once the slug comes in contact with it it stops them from moving forward okay so they can be used or indeed you could use a slug liquid and that would be very effective at this time of year because once you apply it it's totally invisible once the slug comes in contact with it it kills them off and um, with the dry weather we have for the next six days it will be very very effective so if you've got slugs and snails to be honest with slug liquid you'll find it really good okay. really effective and it's safe again for the for, for well, it's all, totally for invisible other, right, so, so once you apply it to the soil it's, or, it's, or it's, to the bed or the pot or whatever it's totally invisible so pets cats dogs children can't see it can't can't go near it okay. yeah that's very effective uh, a listener is interested in planting a deep purple magnolia as a feature plant in a garden. I okay. think that sounds gorgeous. What might be a well, good they're, they're coming into flower literally mm. as we speak, magnolias. Um, some really lovely varieties. And, and I think this year in particular, it's going to be a great year for magnolias. And they do make a specimen plant. There's a lovely dark, it's dark red, kind of nearly purple in colour, called Susan. S-U-S-A-N very mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. to remember um, so that's a really nice variety um, Magnolia Susan it's just beginning to flower very large blooms they're tulip shaped flowers um, the plants at the moment will possibly be about three feet high two and a half to three feet high and they will flower this year but eventually that will make a specimen tree up to about 12 feet maybe 14 feet so oh, it'll be really spectacular yeah. and you literally in, in years to come will have hundreds of, of flowers. flowers on them so look for that Susan. one Susan Magnolia that Susan really nice. there's another lovely white one called called Stellata, which has star-shaped flowers, um, smaller tree, about six feet in height, maybe seven feet in height, and again, it flowers very spectacularly at this time of year. Okay. So it's a good time for planting magnolias in the garden. Fantastic. Finally, we started with potatoes. We're going to finish with potatoes. Uh, how can I prevent very long stalks on my spuds? Well, if you want short, if you're in a windy spot or a windy area, there's a variety called Foremost, which only grows about two feet high. The stalks only grow two feet high. So it's particularly good for windy areas. It's also great for pots and containers. Uh, and the, the, literally the stalks stay very short. So it's ideal, say, for tunnels or greenhouses or, you know, raised beds where you want something neat and compact. So look for that variety. Foremost, it's quite a good one. And uh, nice, short, compact stems on it. Lovely. We have to leave it there, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, remember, you can go to my website, yep. which is hawkins.e. There's lots of questions there. I'll be in the garden centre today and tomorrow, so if people want to pop down um, and give me a shout, and if they have any questions or they want to bring in some plants or whatever, uh, feel free. And remember, the Easter farm, bring the kids along. It's a bit and, of fun. And meet, and meet, and meet Terry, Terry the, the tortoise. tortoise yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right, Porrick, thanks very thanks, much indeed. Day. Not at all. We'll talk to you again next Saturday. That's it from me. Standby Michael Neary is coming your way directly after the news at 10. Uh, Until next Saturday, have a great weekend.